for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, your real 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon.com. Check out ShanTGreen.com for the link to Amazon's incredibly easy online shopping. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! Alright, we're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. Welcome to The Green Room. I'm your host. Give us a ring. Tonight, we have a great program in store for you. 323-203-0815. Thank you, everyone, once again, for uh, tuning in. We have uh, an amazing show for you. First off, I'd uh, like to welcome Logan, my left-hand man, Logan Lysico, sitting in. And uh, we also have a guest comedian, Adam Jacobs. Thank you uh, for coming in, Adam. Yeah, no problem. Hi. I didn't say anything before. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't say anything yet, Logan? No. Sorry, hold on. I feel like my uh, it's only coming in through one one thing here. Hold on. All right. Well, whatever. We can deal with it. How was your uh, Logan? You seem a little distracted earlier in the show. What was uh, what's going on? Take us through. Take us through what's happening in your life right now. Oh well, uh, are you talking about I went to the hospital? Oh no. What? <laughs> I mean, if you want to <laughs> you want to talk about that, sure. But I was going to talk about uh. Uh, you were saying you left the uh, the oven on? Oh yeah, <laughs> I left the oven on at home. Before we before the show, before we got into it, Logan's just sitting there, and then out of nowhere, he's just like, "Oh crap! Ah, oh, I think I left the oven on. Oh man, <laughs> I left a fish in there too." <laughs> and then and then Logan starts beating himself up for wanting the fish too crispy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I took I I thought I took it out. Nah, whatever. It's all right. Wait. I, th- I think no, no, no. I didn't think I tr- took it out, but like I took it out. It was cooked, but I just wanted it extra crispy, so I put it back in and forgot about it. So you didn't eat it all. Ugh. You made dinner, but didn't well, eat I it. left before I. Yeah, I forgot. Who does that? <laughs> didn't you notice I, not I, eating dinner? Yeah. <laughs> I noticed when I was sitting there thinking like, oh, I'm hungry. Oh shit. I left the uh, oven on. As a as a heavy set guy, Adam, have you ever run into that problem no, of, of forgetting to eat dinner? That's why this blows my mind. I've never made dinner and be like, you know, I was I've I've forgotten to pick up the food at a drive thru before, but I was super drunk, which I should have probably not been in a drive thru. <laughs> but I got my soda and I paid and I was I waited there for a minute and I was like, What am I doing waiting here? I took off, got home, realized I didn't have my food. Too embarrassed to go back and get my money. Well, yeah, it's probably it's probably for the best. Yeah. Well this kind of ties into drunk. the other thing. I'm taking Ativan now because I went to the hospital the other day, and I think that made me forget be a little bit yeah spacey. Hey, yeah. <laughs> you feeling all right though now, Logan? Yeah, I'm, you seem I'm like you're uh, pretty you're, good. You're looking sharp. You got a shirt and tie on. Yeah. What's going on in your life? You uh, you uh, go, just I, met with an agent. Nice, so, uh, nice. Yeah. How's that? How's that going along? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's going all right. <laughs> all right, look out, world. Here comes Logan Lysico. <laughs> Man, we have a great program for you. Not only do we have Adam Jacobs, comedian, sitting in, but we also have a um, slightly more well-known comedian. Um, you you guys know him probably. <laughs> you you guys probably know him from the uh, OJ trial, but we have uh, Cato Kalen coming in. So looking yeah. forward to that. K-Train. <laughs> now, you said you had, you had met Cato Kalen before. 
Yeah, I met Cato uh, through Nick Swartzen. We we're hanging out at the improv, just drinking after a show. And Nick, in passing, comes up to me. He's like, oh, man, where are you going? You're not leaving, are you? My buddy Cato's going by. And in my head, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll stay. Stick around. I was like, I only know one Cato. <laughs> and then right, right, right then, I was like, Simpson trial. OJ Simpson trial. <laughs> and then in walks Cato Kalin, exactly the same as he did in the trial. The guy hasn't aged a second. That's that's honestly the main reason why I'm having him in is I want to get to these beauty tips. This guy yeah. is 50 years old. He looks... He looks, he, he looks late twenties. He looks 20s. younger than me, and I'm 31. Yeah, I know. He looks way younger than me, and I'm uh, 26. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I probably uh, aged myself a few years. Uh, recently, we went to Vegas uh, this past weekend. Vegas. Yeah, I I noticed that Vegas is the only city where while you're in the city you feel compelled to yell that the whole entire time. Like the entire time you're in Vegas, we're just like Vegas. I, I don't know what it is. You just caught up in the Vegas fever, just insane optimism. It never works out for me. I always end up losing money. It's intoxicating. Sean is Sean is officially the cooler of our group. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. He is officially the cooler. Like, how did you lost money this this trip, right? Yeah, yeah, I lost money. You left with like seven dollars in your pocket. Well, that was funny. <laughs> I, I, uh, I had lost pretty much most of my money, and then you know I had won on one game, and then, um, but yeah, basically I had twenty dollars left for a cab. But instead of spending it on the cab, I I went to a table and I was like, God, no, this is when the run's gonna happen. This is when the run's gonna happen. And uh, the run I had was I actually hit like five blackjacks, and then. And inevitably totally lost it. And then I had to find a cab that took credit cards because I didn't have any cash to uh, get to the airport. And, yeah, Sunday, pretty much my Sunday, I woke up. I put the the rest of the money I had on the Eagles, um, even though they were starting Kevin Cobb at quarterback. <laughs> like, as a fan going yeah, into it, as an, home team. as an insane optimist Eagles fan, I'll bet on the Eagles, even though, like, in my heart of hearts, I knew, like, oh, man, what am I doing? This is a bad bet. But then, like, in my head, I was like, oh, Sean, what are you, not a real fan? Sean, you're a real fan. <laughs> you know, like, questioning my own fanhood. So, they got really stomped, didn't they? What's up? Yeah, they did. <laughs> it, was, it was ugly. All right, Logan, oh, they got really stomped. No, I'm just trying to remember. I.E. Sean getting drunk. Well, yeah, because it started off, uh, yeah, I'll just, uh, yeah, sure, it's early, but hey, cocktail waitress is coming by. Uh, yeah, I'll start off with a screwdriver. And then another screwdriver. And then they start losing, so I have more screwdrivers. Plus and Kramer had the drink tickets. Yeah. Well, yeah, and yeah, we had tons. I mean, yeah, obviously you're there. You have free drinks. You know, because that's the thing in Vegas. When you lose money, my goal is, all right, yeah, sure, I sure I lost a few hundred dollars, but I'm gonna make it back in free drinks. Yeah, <laughs> which, exactly. I mean, even if you value these drinks at five dollars, that's an insane amount of screwdrivers <laughs> to try to break even. Like, you're trying to write it off in your head, like, oh, if I just have, uh, let's see, 48 more screwdrivers, I'll be even for this trip. So anyway, I get um, severely intoxicated, and then I, uh, you know, track down a cab that has a credit card, get to the airport, and I don't know if you guys have heard these urban legends about being too drunk to get on a plane, but trust me, I, I was insanely drunk, and they had no problem letting me on the plane. I, uh, I'm like one of the last people to get on this Southwest flight. In Southwest, they have that system where you don't get an assigned seat. You just you're just supposed to sit wherever. I get onto the flight late. The only seat open is in the middle seat in the very back row. And then immediately as I sit down, I, I'm just like, oh my god, no, no, it hit me. And I'm like, oh, where's that air sickness bag? I pull out the air sickness bag, just start throwing up in it, and I realize like. <laughs> When they put the air sickness bag in in the chair, that was not the intended use. Like, guys too drunk from a day in Vegas having to use it to throw up. 
And I, when that started happening, I couldn't write it off as air sickness. We were taxiing on the runway. Instead, <laughs> the great people at Southwest, I, I, I want to do a commercial for Southwest just based on this experience. The flight attendant, without missing a beat, without shaming me publicly, she just brings over a trash bag, and that's it. She just lets me throw up in the trash bag. I imagine the two people sitting next to me on the flight from Burbank to, or I mean, from Las Vegas to Burbank wanted to murder me, but... Yeah, did you make eye contact with them at all? <laughs> oh no, I, I just kept I just kept going. Sorry, bro. Sorry. So oh, sorry, so, bro. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, like yeah. the entire flight. When you said you threw up, I thought you went to the bathroom. Oh something. no, that makes it even worse. Oh no, yeah. there was no way I was gonna keep getting up and throw. You know, it was just. Uh, I was like, you know, have you ever seen those horses with the feed bags? Picture that, but instead of a feed bag, it was just a a plastic trash bag stuck to my mouth. And it was going in reverse. Yeah. And then I get back. I get back to the house. I'm the first one home from Vegas. And, of course, my keys are locked in the house. So then then I have to uh, climb in through my roommate's uh, bathroom window. So I'm there like pulling myself up, knock over all this stuff in the bathroom because it's, you know, pitch dark in the house. And then I just end up – I end up turning on all the lights and passing out. <laughs> yeah, weren't you supposed to host an open, open mic that night? Yeah, I was also supposed to host an open mic. I told my flight got delayed, so I kind of <laughs> nice. got, got out of that. But, yeah, it was, it was a rough trip towards the end there. But other than that, I enjoyed myself. Uh, how how'd you enjoy yourself, Adam? You have a good time uh, out in Las I, Vegas? I had a blast, man. First night uh, – I think I partied too hard, lost money too hard. But the second night I went on a run right after Sean Green left the poker table or the, the blackjack table. That's why he's officially the cooler of our group. I do I do have that uh, effect on people. As soon as I leave, people are like, oh, it my was, God, I'm getting lucky. It it's was, about to happen it for really me. It really was ridiculous because me and Kramer were talking about it. And like jokingly, you got up and left. And then all three of us, me, him, and Kramer, and Casey probably won together over 1200 bucks. the four of us, wow. or the three of us. That's a nice <laughs> run. That's was, what I'm talking about. Run. And then, I, and then I, I walked by drunkenly by a, a, a roulette table, threw down tw- uh, ten bucks on twenty-four, three hundred fifty bucks in my pocket. There you go. Wow. That's how you do it, Adam. Hard you're doing, rock. you're doing hard, Vegas right. Hard rock. Speaking oh, of uh, Ryan, our buddy Ryan, he had a great line of the night. I remember we were coming back to the room super late, and he, he goes to me, grabs my arm, and he's like, "Watch this, watch this, watch this." Left arm, right boob. He calls his shot, and then like. 30 yards away, there's this large-breasted woman, and Ryan just, like, goes out of his way to, like, <laughs> rub his shoulder against this girl's breast. <laughs> like, a professional that's awesome. breast grazer. Well, yeah, I mean, I I just uh, I enjoyed the fact that he called his shot. He was, like, the Babe Ruth of uh, <laughs> awkward breast copulating. Oh, groping. There's a couple other great moments. Well, first off, I shouldn't start off by saying first off. We were at O'Shea's Casino. And these guys ahead of us were getting all these shots. Got really, they were getting really drunk. They walk away, and I realize they left their wallet there. And yeah, I saw. That. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Vegas is the only place where I'd have this partial hesitation. I just see that wallet. And I'm like, oh, oh man, oh man, ah. And then I, I felt too bad. I have too much of a goddamn conscience. I grabbed the wallet, and I was like, hey, buddy, buddy, buddy. I gave him back his wallet, and then Adam, <laughs> I came back to Adam, and Adam was just shaking his head. He's like, what were you thinking, man? <laughs> he was down. What? I was like, buddy, you just hit the jackpot. Yeah, I know. That I was sh- the jackpot you were waiting for the whole time. In my head, I was just uh, imagining other times where I've lost my wallet. I actually lost my wallet once in a cab, and the, the lady was nice enough to, I uh, 
God bless her. I had my organ donor card in there and my phone number on it. She called my family back home in Pennsylvania, called them, gave my dad the address, and I was able to get my wallet back. So I think back in my back in my recess of my mind, I thought, Sean, do the right thing. And it was a good thing. That, if that, I've learned if that, I've learned anything, is doing the right thing never really pays off. You it, know? Well, I th- I think it's kind of karma that actually I think allowed you to get on the flight and make it home. Right. See, maybe that maybe that no, was. We all we all saw you before you left, and we were like we were like, what do you think the over under is before he gets kicked off the plane? Everyone was like three four minutes. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my biggest win of the night was, <laughs> was being the- able to board the plane and come home. <laughs> you hit the slots. Our, our other buddy uh, Nick, he had this. You know, you you walk by all these girls and you're trying to get their attention, like, hey, what's up? And Nick had this. Um, method of flirting that he was trying out the entire night, which was, hey, 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 my buddy, he's getting married. He's getting married over here. And the buddy was me. And I was like, yeah, all right, Nick, I see that you're breaking the ice with these girls, but uh, the best I got was congratulations. Yeah, Canceling right. any chance you have out. Right. Yeah, or, yeah, no chick that you run into is like, oh my god, you're getting married? Oh, wow, why don't you cheat on your wife? Oh. And, you know, I was just like, dude, you're not helping me out at all. Like, Let's let's formulate a new plan where perhaps both of us might have a chance at talking to these chicks. Yeah, we we and Nick didn't have the best luck at talking to girls. No, no luck. Well, we we were really looking for girls late night. We just kind of wanted to find some hookers to hang out with, not yeah. actually pay them any money, but just get the attention. Right. You look around, yeah. you see all these schlubs like feeling feeling ass and and feeling the boobs, and you're like, hey, that guy's just getting free gropes for talking to a whore. Why don't we have that? <laughs> so me, him, and well, actually no, we all went back to the hotel and we we're gonna fall asleep. I don't know if you guys were still up. It was me, Carl, and Nick, and we, and we we're all in bed, still talking about going out and finding hookers. And of course, at 5:30 in the morning, that sounds like a great idea in Vegas. Yeah, why wouldn't it be? So we did that walk, and uh, it was like, Nick and Carl look like Jonas Brothers. Like they're cute <laughs> guys with curly hair. I they look, did get that a lot. They I, got the Jonas Brothers yeah, a lot. I look like the creepy manager. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Fat, <laughs> overweight, creepy manager who found these kids. In you like look like the school. Lou Pearlman to <laughs> exact, their Jonas Brothers. Exactly to their Insync. You know what I mean? <laughs> So us three are, are creepily walking around. It's 5:30 in the morning, 6:30 in the morning, just disgustingly drunk, all just disheveled in our suits and whatnot. And that's not the way to find a hooker. No, it isn't. But uh, you know the way to find Vegas winners is uh, through our buddy Justin Pantani. He's calling in for the Mush Minute. Justin, you there? You. Justin Pantani, the Mush Minute. Justin Pantani. Um, in case I think most people know by now is a supposed all-time mush, but. He's been making these picks with the idea that, hey, you, you're you so bad at picking, J- Justin here, he'll he'll give you picks. By picking what he thinks is going to happen, then inevitably the direct opposite is going to happen. But so far, that hasn't been working out. Justin is 5-1. and one. Justin, what the hell's going on? I'm, I'm on fire, buddy. I can't, <laughs> can't yeah, but that's not the, the, the whole premise of the bit, is that you're supposed to be really bad, and you're supposed <laughs> to help people out by... Continuing your bad picks. Are you at least winning a lot of money? I know. I, th- I thought you were booting me off the most minute uh, <laughs> when I talked to you yesterday. I, th- I thought it was over. Yeah, I was. I was a little disappointed. You're five. Uh, you're five. Uh, you're five and one, Justin. What's happening? Dude, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> for you. Yeah, for you, so, not um, not for my poor listeners. I'm looking out for my listeners. <laughs> the I'm listener- actually starting to believe in my picks. I just won the uh, the Gamecocks game too. Oh really? Wow. All right. So Justin's believing in his picks. All right. Maybe that's what. Maybe your reverse psychology was working for you. But now that you're believing in your picks, maybe you'll finally prove to be the mush that we all thought you were. 
<laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Who do you got this week, Justin? Uh, I'm taking the Bears minus two against Seattle, definitely. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> and then the Colts plus two and a half against the Cards. I don't know how they're getting points. It's great. Yeah. They're just and, giving uh, money away. <laughs> and then uh, Panthers. The Monday Night Football game. I'm going to take the Panthers uh, plus eight and a half. Giving them points. I like it. So uh, how'd you do this past week? And you went two and one. Did you? Uh, yeah. how, mu- how much money did you win? Um, I ended up breaking even because I put money on. Uh... God damn it, Justin! <laughs> I, know, I can't win right, any money up. though. I, uh, I I threw some money on a on a big parlay all my with all three of my picks. So then uh, I made it back with. Uh, I took the money line with the Giants. All right. See, that's the problem. You you need to fill us in on these big money bets that you do to that you in, inevitably break even on. Well, that's what I, that's what it was. I I, t- I had uh, New England in my parlay. So All right. I, I threw some money well, Justin, that, Justin, like, next time you have one of these big uh, big money break even parlays that you know you're going all in on, let me know so I can Twitter the Green Room Show fans so they can get the uh, get the heads up on the big mush. Well, I've already put in the parlay for the Bears Colts. All right. Like that All right. Good. Sounds good, Justin. I I gotta get going. Uh, Cato Kalen's here, so thanks for calling hey, me, man. All right, buddy. All right, take, take it easy. Mush minute. Mush minute. All right, we're actually gonna do a little uh, commercial read here. Uh, we actually got a new sponsor of the program, Amazon.com. You guys know Amazon, right? I do. I use it all the time. Man, I mean, what don't they have at Amazon.com? That's the reality. Books, CDs, electronics, the whole nine. Uh, Jeff Ross. His new book, the only, I Only Roast the Ones I Love. The Book of Basketball by Bill Simmons. The Beatles, their box set. That's flying off the shelves at Amazon. The new Brother Ali album. You know what they have a special on also is a Panasonic 42-inch 720p plasma screen. Panasonic, great deal on that. And you say, Sean, what do I do? All you do is you go to SeanTGreen.com, click the Amazon link. And not only are you getting great stuff from Amazon, you know Amazon, they're trusted trusted retailer online not only are you getting a great deal from amazon but you're also supporting the green room so go to shantigreen.com click the amazon link help the show buy some great electronics help the economy we need to spend we need to spend they don't used, they used to just sell books yeah then they realized now it's like everything it's awesome now, now they realize nerds they're not paying the bills no, you know not. we who, need to expand who buys books really? yeah come on <laughs> All right, check it out. Go to Shanti Green and follow the link for Amazon.com. All right, so uh, now we're just uh, waiting. Logan had to go out and get uh, Kato Kalen, so he should be in shortly. Exciting. Yeah, how could it not be? That's great. Kato, Kato's a super nice guy. You'll like him. Yeah, no, uh, like I said, I met Kato oh, from, yeah, that's right. from hosting stand-up. And, uh, yeah, no, he's a totally nice guy, totally friendly. Very friendly. K-Train. You got it, man. All right, let's see. I got some uh, other clips here we can play while we're waiting for uh, Cato to come. I got, uh, let's see here. Hold on a second. All right, here he is. Hold on. Hey, how's it going, man? Oh, okay. There you go. Fist pound. Hey, what's going on? All right. Grab the uh, cans there. Yeah, we're doing a little sports. Talking sports. sports gambling. Good, I'm wearing my jock. Hey, anybody have a cup? But seriously, it's comedy radio. <laughs> Give it up one more time. Kato. All right, Kato. Kato's already on the board with a fist pound. Thanks for coming in, Kato. How you doing, man? Hey, Sean. Fantastic. I didn't know you were talking sports, but 
I'm from Wisconsin, and uh, Wisconsin, like, you automatically are, you, got the you know, a Packer fan. So the Brewer fan, and I'm telling you, it's the worst year of baseball in my life. If they don't get rid of Jeff Sapan, who's pitch, pitching against Philly today, get rid of Mike Cameron, get rid of Brandon, uh, Braden uh, Looper, uh, the Brewers just blow. Any other questions? <laughs> well, that was where I was going to start off. What your take was on the the Brewers this season? Not I didn't, awful. I it's weird. I never. Uh, I didn't peg you as a, as a sports fan. Yeah, I played uh, baseball. I played college ball. I. My, when I was high school, I won state. I was a pitcher, and I tried to get a scholarship, so I got a scholarship to a small school, second biggest in Wisconsin, called Eau Claire. Transferred to Cal State Fullerton, if you know baseball. Okay, yeah, Cal, Cal State, State Fullerton is, is a pretty uh, – Augie Garrido was coaching when I went there. Pretty big school. Texas coach now, and I uh, I looked at the team, and Mark McGuire played it when I was there at USC at the time, and so we uh, – I just looked at the guys during my first uh, like week there, and I, I knew I couldn't make it. It was different yeah. California compared to Wisconsin. So. So what you were the you were the big fish in the little pond in Wisconsin. You yeah. come out here, start seeing some real California ball, and well, just got blown out of the water. Yeah, I think I think it was. Uh, <clears throat> if I would have committed, it might have been better. But I didn't do like these guys. Obviously, did weights. I don't know if they did steroids, but they were gigantic in college when I was there. I we can imply they 12. did steroids. <laughs> I, I would say. So. I have a chance. I think they did. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say. Mark McGuire and pretty much anyone who competed with Mark McGuire was probably yeah. on steroids. There's a huge limb going on. Huge. <laughs> yeah, it could, it could have been, but you know what? Then so I, you're you're also a big Packers fan? Number one Packer fan. I, I you know I grew up. My father he's passed away, but we had 44 tickets uh, uh, to Packer games, and they used to play in Milwaukee, where I'm from. So we had tickets to every Packer game in Milwaukee, and now it's transferred. They have a gold package now because all the games are in Green Bay, so it transferred over. There's only two games during the season that are honored for Milwaukee. Uh, but a diehard Packer fan. Grew up the entire my whole entire life. Yeah, that seems fan. to be pretty much the lifeblood of growing up in Milwaukee or, you know. Um, Anywhere Wisconsin. Yeah, it's pretty much Packers. Now, what's your take on Brett Favre? I, I love Favre. I'm so glad it's made football so much more interesting. October 5th, it's a Monday night game. So, I, I, so you're I'm not, a Packer fan. No, I love Favre, but I thought it would be undefeated, two undefeated teams, and we blew it to, at the Bengals. And it just, yeah, how did you not – How did you? what's happening? Uh, driver drop passes. Driver, dri- driver Jennings, they were like seven drop balls that were all third down. Child, please. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that sounded like Donald Child, Driver. Please. No, it's uh, it's Ocho Child, Cinco. That's uh, the Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver. Oh, Ocho? Was that? Ocho Cinco. Yeah, Ocho Cinco. He, he's no longer Chad Johnson. He's yeah. literally that committed to uh, branding himself in his own marketing that he's going to call himself Chad. 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 Who is he branding to? Like Taco Bell? I don't know. Pretty much whoever has him. He's got no endorsements, does he? I don't know, actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, he's got those gold shoes. I don't know. I'm assuming it's Reebok or something, but... But that's not an ad. I mean, he got free shoes, but who, you know... Yeah, no, he isn't. He's not... I mean, it seems like all the ads are... It's pretty much Peyton Manning. He sucks up. You don't see him on Gatorade commercials or... Yeah, whatever else. I gotta, I gotta say, Chad has uh, provided us with uh, one of the more entertaining NFL tweets of all time. He he retired from Twitter, but he had a great, uh, he had a great tweet earlier when Michael Jackson passed away. He compared it to 9/11. <laughs> He's like, oh man, this reminds me of 9/11. Everyone coming together, everyone, everyone <laughs> mourning over one thing, and uh, I think that's pretty much when they realized. Chad, you don't need to be tweeted. That's like Kanye West going to the Patrick Swayze funeral going, you know, it's an okay funeral, but Michael Jackson's funeral <laughs> was the best. <laughs> Kanye, please leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Kanye West. All right. So now you said you came out to California to pursue – originally you came out to pursue a career in baseball, correct? Well, no. I, I, at Wisconsin, I also had a TV show called Cato and Friends, so it was obviously entertainment always based in my mind, and I knew I'd have a backup plan. Now, what was – So a- far, neither has worked. Give it up one more time. <laughs> Cato, Cato is yeah. on a tear for the fist pounds, racking them up left and right. <laughs> That's right. So what was Cato and Friends? 
Well, I can't remember. Just uh, you guys. I don't know if you even remember a show so many years ago. It was called Fernwood Tonight. No, sorry. Anybody? You ever, you ever hear Martin Mull? Yes. Martin Mull was hosting a show. It was just brilliant, and it was sort of like that where he had a staged guest, and it may be the uh, pumpkin eating contest, uh, a person, and it would be the small town called Fernwood Tonight. Uh, the person that did that had a show called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Okay. And uh, these were very, very clever, clever shows in the 70s, and I thought this was just brilliant. You can get it on DVD now. It's just some great stuff. SCTV, the old SCTV. So okay, so kind of like a variety sketch yeah. show. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I just had, had uh, people, and it was all uh, at Wisconsin-Eau Claire, went over the campus there. It was about, you know, people that lived, I'd say, about 59,000 or so. Okay. 212. So you were doing that, yeah. and then you were also a very good baseball player. So you came out to California, yeah. and your plan was make it in professional baseball, but my backup plan was entertainment. Yeah, because I started uh, working at this place called The Pub at Cal State Florida. You went to school in CSUN, right? Yeah, I went to school at uh, Cal State Northridge. Yeah, so okay, the Matadors, right? Yeah, you got it, man. So we're the Titans, and I worked at The Pub. You guys probably have pubs. So yeah, at the pub and, exactly. Uh, and they had shows there, so I started emceeing all the shows there, and then I got into a theater uh, group, started doing theater. I said, ah, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Decided okay. to move to uh, Fullerton, and it went from there to L.A. Okay, so now when, how old are you when you make the move to L.A.? I made my move to L.A. at 23. 23. Yeah. So what I did is I, uh, uh, my first audition, this is a true story, first audition ever, ever in, in Los Angeles. In first audition. First audition was cast Walking by in. Susie Kittleson. Okay. And I landed a National Coke commercial. I said, this is really easy. There you go. <laughs> You're just, you just walked into. Yeah, it was like 1983, I think. I just walked, nice. did a, a spot and got a Coke commercial. I was like that. Then I went read for a movie, and I got – this is – like it started like that. Maybe it's bad luck to win the first thing. I got a lead in a film. <laughs> all right. Now, you wait. You got a lead a in a film. called Beach Fever. Beach Fever. All right. And, it's, you know, if you're ever on an aircraft carrier, you'll see it. So all it's right. uh, not a great film, but, you know, it was a job. Okay. That so now you're, you're booking stuff. You're in your young 20s. Life in Southern California in the 80s. Yeah. Probably, you party a lot at the time? I Believe it or not, I'm not even a partier. Really? People think I'm the biggest party in the world. No, I, I pretty much stay. I'm like all health. Yeah. I, always, I just like already have been there. If someone was like high or drunk, I said, I'm already there, man. Don't need it. And that was it. And a lot of people <laughs> don't believe me, but I swear to God. Yeah. I, I, one, no, beer, I believe. one beer, honestly, is like. I, it's funny. If, it, if anything, you could sell the idea that, no, dude, I'm already fucked up. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Honestly, guys, it's that way, too. So and now... And people would say, Kato, you're so fucked up, man. Remember last night you were... I mean, yeah, I remember. What are you talking about? Yeah. You're, you're the guy that everyone comes to the stories yeah. of like, oh, went, it went down like this, and you were totally <laughs> sober the night, and you're like, no, it, it didn't really go down like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I rarely, <laughs> rarely, rarely get fucked up or anything. Just already there. Don't even need it. Okay. <laughs> so wait, what do you mean you're already there? Are you guys fucked up right now? Come on. No, 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 we're not. I'm already <laughs> you're there. already there, because, you know, yeah. I, don't, I didn't need it. They wanted to get where I was at. Yeah. There, so. Yeah, you are. You are. You seem naturally high energy. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, you Why love not? high energy. Why not? So okay, <laughs> you're there. You you're you're booking some gigs, and then uh, what happens? You're just slowly rolling into your your thirties. Yeah. At, no, I, I I a lot of stuff happened. I got married. Okay. Now, and, what uh, age did you get married? Uh, I got married. I was a virgin at 25. No way. Dudes, I'm like incredible. No way. I'm no, like, Kato. Come on. You were. I am telling you guys. Come on. I, like, I'll, I'll believe. I, I shouldn't even tell us on the show, but That's yeah. Crazy. I, I believe the I sobriety raised, stuff. I was raised really Catholic. You're, okay. Yeah, I well, raised, I was raised, raised Catholic. Catholic. I was raised Catholic, and I actually honored the whole thing. And I said, maybe it was a mistake. Hindsight. Now, wait. So you, on your, on your wedding night, were a virgin? Uh, No, not on my wedding night. Oh, okay. But virgin the, with, with my fiance up until, okay. up until a week before. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you we wait, were, you wait till oh, you're man, 25. You that. 
the week. Well, I don't know if I really did it, did it, but I, I consider that I did it. Wow, that's that's amazing because you seem uh, you at, seem like a ladies' man. Well, after the it lasted like uh, probably ended at the reception. <laughs> you know, it was uh, not a. So wait, you could tell night. you could tell early well, Catholic, on. Catholic, you know what a gnomon is, so you'd go through right, that. Right, yeah, exactly. So anyways, uh, uh, you know, it just wasn't meant for her or me. So what, you could just tell, like you were just young, puppy love, you know, 100%. obviously waiting so long, and then you were just like dying to get in the sack, dying to lose the lose the virginity I, uh, card, and then and then immediately you realize like, oh my God, I, I, I can't know, do this the rest of my life. Yeah, I won't I won't pick on her. Not that she's not here to defend herself. Just, right, the chemistry wasn't, wasn't there. Just wasn't there. I wasn't. Uh, that kind of, but you guys know you're in this business. It's almost impossible to be in a, a relationship and pursue your career goal at that age. Yeah, especially. Now, well, yeah, I feel like I'm in the same thing. I'm 26 right now. I couldn't imagine being married just because you know working a job to pay the bills and then working outside stuff to hustle in the entertainment industry. That's a lot yeah, of time. You don't really have the time to fill in a relationship. And you have to spend time. I was working not only days doing a job selling like these cash register computers and working night as a waiter and she'd work days we never even saw each other so you're working two jobs two jobs dude, you're married day. and you're trying to do the acting thing. acting and then go into acting classes and uh it was just just too much correct and it wasn't so too much it was just too much like we never ever saw each other and yeah there's just no doing, time for the relationship all right so night. That doesn't work out. You guys get divorced. You're back, single Cato again. Then I just went Bachelor nuts. on the table. <laughs> I went nuts. Now, what's, what, it was just like a, a dam being broken. You're like, oh, wow. I, I tell right. you what I did. I got a job. I got a job, and it lasted five years where I would travel. I did the emceeing at auto shows. Yes. I, I can see you. You definitely girls. have. I, yeah. I actually. <laughs> I, the auto shows, you've been there, right? It's all the money. Oh, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Not, I won't even say it, but I was. Uh, uh, I did it with it was a corporate job and it was mm-hmm. a Screen Actors Guild job and you can't beat that because they were tell it was filmed yeah while we were doing it and we would travel hey, you get good it. pay you get to travel around you get 15 cities a year and you would travel first class and they put you in the best hotels and you're just surrounded there's like seven guys and 200 girls you're like a sailor you know you got a you got a di- different lady in each port you're out there and <laughs> MC in the auto show I would say I'm more of a seaman but oh. seriously. <laughs> Whoa! Cha cha chinko. So yeah, that was. Uh, I actually have experience working as a corporate MC. I went through the training program. And I didn't actually end up doing a lot of corporate MCing, but yeah, I remember it's a lot of a lot of high energy, a lot yeah. of uh, you know, a lot of just salesmen, sales pitchy things. I remember the one time we were going around and they were uh, they were like, okay, here's your lines, and then um, feel free to kind of put your own spin on it. And it was, uh, you know, basically you had to do announcement that the hot dogs were ready. And I remember my line, I go, who let the dogs out? We did at the hot dog stand for your 2007 Honda corporate picnic. I tell you, the place erupted in laughter. <laughs> the the instructor was like, that's genius. That's brilliant. Write that down, people. That is how you are a corporate MC. So I, I know the game a little bit. So oh, you did. Wow. You kind of. So that was for a Honda picnic? No, I mean, you were just, this was just like practice. So, you know. Oh, got it. Yeah, you yeah. Just yeah. Mine was a, an actual, you know, we, whatever cars are coming out that year. We highlighted the cars, yeah. and uh, the partner I had at the time, a uh, funny guy, his name is Reno Goodale, funny comic, he and I would just, uh, uh, did the Nissan, Nissan Maximas, the 300s, the Ultimas, we did the whole brand of Nissan for a few years, and then went from there to uh, uh, Isuzu, and then from Isuzu, we did Infinity. Okay. So it was just great. I mean, All right, was, so you do it's that. It's a job. It's a job. Yeah, it's a, hey, you're working as an actor. Job. 
So now what what happens after that kind of runs its course? Then you're back uh, looking uh, at 30 in LA, still yeah, still acting. Yeah, still acting. I like I said, I had a uh, I taught a workshop for kids, uh, an improv group at the LA Connection Theater. I was doing probably I, God, it's, it's so many odd jobs, but uh, I've been working now for six years at National Lampoon, and the owners are my friends. They're one guy, Tim Durham, came from Indianapolis, and very wealthy guy, very smart guy, corporate guy, owns like 30 corporations. So he said, I'm buying Lampoon. Okay. There. So you've done that. Now, how do you how do you get into the whole house guest thing? How do oh, you... okay, house guest thing. Oh, we had a casting business. Okay. Had a casting business with an actor from General Hospital. He's had his own uh, acting workshop, and then he had got to casting extras, and we used to form a company that we would have all the extras and all those uh, films you would see that would be sort of the B- um, uh, films were, like in the 90s, Lorenzo Lamas is very big with film. Okay, so, uh, you, so you're working casting. And uh, what's his name? Olivia Grenier, a lot of karate films. Okay. So we did, we'd have like 300, sometimes to have people, we get a, a like the percentage of every person we have in the film. So I would be getting the person there and wrangling. And it was the toughest job, but it was a great paying job as far as you the overhead, you could make a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the hours were night shoots. Everything was constantly. It's a lot of work because you got to yeah, cast so the people then I, and then, then you got to uh, keep an eye on them. Yeah, and then I uh, was living in Hermosa Beach too, driving up from Hermosa. Okay. And uh, then uh, for our break, we took a uh, Christmas break to Aspen, where I met uh, Nicole uh, Simpson. Okay. So you Sorry. meet you meet Nicole, and then you become friends with her. And is that inevitably Fred. how you become friends with OJ? Um, somewhat. What happened was I was living in Hermosa, and Nicole had a party. Went to her house on Gretna Green, which is in Brentwood. And I saw that they had a guest house. Yeah. It was gorgeous. And I said, I'll take that guest house if no one's going to live there. And she said, for sure. And that was it. So that was so when you started living in the guest house, that was when Nicole and OJ were still together? Uh, they were divorced, but they were. It was a messy relationship. Dating, dating again. Oh, okay. So that's what was going on. And then the uh, I was never a babysitter. I was never all the things that I was accused of. But the kids loved me. They named the dog Cato after me. <laughs> they did. I thought it was because I could lick, lick my balls. But no, I was just. <laughs> <laughs> that awesome. would be that would be awkward if the kids uh, named you, named the dog. Hey, wait! Uh, the dog's licking the balls just like Cato like Kaler. Okay. okay. Oh my God! You guys said that, not me. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, they did. Uh, uh, they're, you know, it was a great thing as far as. Uh, uh, they love me, the kids, and if they ever need anything, I would be there for them. Right. No, so I mean, it. yeah, that's how it all happened. So it was all sort of a love thing. Never had a never had a relationship. Nicole, nothing like that. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, stuff, it was just, it, if you live outside the LA area, the idea of a house guest situation, you're kind of like, what? What's that exactly? exactly? But in LA, especially if you have a really nice house, then you know you have a little guest house. It's a, you rent it out to someone you trust. It's someone, a slam dunk. Everybody yeah. wants a guest house, and the guest house was, you know, it was not as big as your studio here. Yeah, but it was <laughs> it was gigantic, you know. It had yeah. The living room, the kitchen. You have your own like space, plus yeah. you you don't entrance. have the liability of owning a house. Right. So, so many people would come up to me, uh, you know, still today, saying, "Hey, you don't have any great house guests? Uh, I mean, any uh, uh, guest houses that are for rent?" So, <laughs> You're still. I said I should be the spokesman for this thing. Spokesman for uh, you should the West house, Side Rentals, the yeah, uh, the house, West Side Rentals, <laughs> guest house hotel suites, whatever. Better than uh, uh, Chad's uh, yellow shoes. Okay, so. Shoes. All right, so you're living there, and then the obviously the whole thing goes down with OJ. Yeah. Real quick, what what describe that night as quick you know quick like. Quick uh, commercials. Well, I mean, because I feel like night. it's. I wasn't. It's so. If I never used to believe in this, but it's one of those things where you say to yourself, 
it's all, you know, I hate when people say, well, it's meant to be, but it really was one of those meant to be because I had this girl who I wasn't dating, but we were, you know, sleeping together, doing right, stuff. Right, yeah, hanging out. She's calling me. I'm talking to her all night, convincing her to come over. She's convincing me to come over. Mm-hmm. Going back and, and forth. Back and forth. I just said, listen, just come on over, and that was it. So it sort of ended like that, and the whole night I kept going, God, it's kind of a freaky night, and then uh, I saw this. The bedroom sort of like this where you don't have windows. You have a wall just like that. There's a picture there, and it, was, it moved that way. I said, I think we just had an earthquake. Uh-huh. And so that movement was a uh, – I told that morning when the detectives came by, I said, hey, the, I thought we had an earthquake. The pictures moved. So if you want to check back there. And they went behind the wall uh, on the house, and they found the bloody glove. So, so that, was, that was that was sort of the intro. I knew nothing still. They didn't tell me anything. And that was five – like. 50 or so in the morning, 5.30, where they all four detectives came to my door. Now, did, I, I didn't even know that. I just said, show me a badge. You know, I'm like, freaking, you know, what's good? Yeah, so now your, your head's... Is my to- stash out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're, Thank God I'm a natural guy. I don't need that stuff. <laughs> I, they checked everything. They went through all my shoes. I'm, I have no, And they don't say anything. And yeah, I they're said, just yeah. they're was, not going to tell you who they suspect right. or what I, they suspect. Well, now, in hindsight, I know that you're not they're not allowed, I guess, you, you have to have a warrant. Right, it's a but murder said, investigation. I said, yeah, come on in and... You know, whatever, sure. They just asked me what I wore and uh, everything at night. And my clothes were just laying on the chair. And I said, that's right there. And they looked at all my stuff. And I just, the whole time in my head, I'm going, so, okay. was there a plane crash? Did he die? So, okay, now now things kind of fall in place. OJ gets indicted. You you get called to the stand. Descri- describe your mindset that first day before you're about to take the stand, before essentially you become a household name. Describe what you think is going to happen to your life. Well, nothing I didn't know because uh, you have to. There was a preliminary trial first. The, the prelims were. Um, I was always on call and I was always down there and I would be interviewed over and over and over by uh, Marshall Clark and by the defense. I had nothing. To my my lawyer just said talk to everybody. Yeah. And so I did, and just answered the questions honestly. And uh, then the prelims is where it all started because when I went in, they I went in uh, with about. I'd say 150 or so photographers, TV stations. When I came out, they all knew my name, and they all it all changed. So was that, that was that that was that the surreal moment? Like yeah, it was just surreal. walking into the the courtroom, coming yeah. out, you realize Cato Kalin, your life I, has changed. Yes, and you don't realize it till you're out in the street. You don't realize it that that prelim was watched by. I don't, it was like 60 million. It was like an incredible amount of people. This is almost the, Super this Bowl. this moment, this case, and that you, you know. Even that moment right there, that that seems like where mass media took a change and where it became the news cycle immediately compressed because this was pre-internet, but immediately you felt that compression of the news cycle because every day it was like what happened in the trial, you know, because yeah. it was the constant update, that constant feed, and you were you were well, kind of in the middle of that. Well, uh, I think the the biggest thing is that the four networks started because of a trial: CNBC, Court TV, MSNBC. And yeah, this is a not, boon not for not the cable it. industry. I think it was Fox. They all, every lawyer got a job as a host, and that lasted for years. I mean, it was like crime does pay. Yeah. It was so Because they realized the, they realized the entertainment value of crime and drama. Yeah. So now, <laughs> all right, you do the you, you testify at the trial. What was your life like at, like, let's say you have a day of testimony. What would you do at night? Well, test, I, I got to the courthouse by 7 a.m. And then I didn't do anything. I'm I saying just, like after after you're done testifying for the day, were you allowed to go back to your house? Were you sequestered? Yeah, I was sequestered. I was sequestered. I could not watch anything. So then yeah. you just went back to a hotel room and just uh, laid around. Or? Yeah, I did. A, I did a hotel room for a while, and then I uh, I was staying with a friend and his family, and so I stayed at a friend and his family's house for about 
probably three weeks to a month. Okay, so now the the trial ends. OJ's found innocent. Describe your reaction to the to the the verdict. What uh, was your I was first sitting, thoughts? I was sitting next to Barbara Walters, and I just said, I think they made a mistake. The jury yeah. did. Uh, the jury, though, at the time, you got everybody's got to remember that Rodney King just got a uh, you know the racial tensions the, were it was really t- weird in yeah. Los Angeles, especially between yeah. the Los Angeles Police Department. Yeah, and I don't remember when did Reginald Denny happen. Remember that one? That was the same time. That was, that was right time. after the Rodney was, King thing, correct? It was really correct? a bad yeah, time. I think that was in the wake or of the Or in the Rodney wake King of the, the riots that were started because yeah. of the Rodney King. And so everybody, everybody <clears throat> was saying that the, this will be a case where he's going to get off. People were assuming that he's going to get off. And, I, I mean, the jury was waving to him all the time in the courtroom. You couldn't see it on camera, but they were just waving mean, back. And this was – was, was, he had such an immense celebrity. Yeah. This is yeah. – so it was a bizarre moment. They loved him. Naked Gun is – the yeah. best movie series of all time. And again, by the way, Nick, again, those guys are from Wisconsin. Those guys are awesome. So now, okay, Zucker, trial's over. Zucker, Zucker. Trial's over. The media storm around you probably s- slows down a little bit. But now, I imagine you're presented, now that you're a household name, you're presented with all these kind of new opportunities, interesting opportunities. Let us. What are the kind of orders that started coming in? I imagine there's probably some bizarre I, I, ones. Or yeah, I didn't. Obviously, I was probably in hindsight stupid again because people assumed that I did all these things for millions of dollars, which I did. I did give away homes on the WWE uh, <laughs> wrestling. Uh, I got a uh, murder she wrote. My the agent said, no, don't do anything revolved around murder. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, the only thing that I really did that I was because I did in college was radio, and I had the Kelly. Yeah, you were a, you were a host on 971. How yeah, long was how long you do that for? A year, and I it's the best time. I loved it. So you know, it was like when Howard Stern was on. Yeah, but you I were took doing afternoons Howard after. Howard hated me at the time, you know, hated me, but made good ratings by poking fun at me. Right, exactly. I that's I, we're at the same station. I'm going, why is he picking on me? We're working at the same. Well, time. yeah, I mean that's that's Howard Stern. He's not gonna. Yeah, but he's not I, gonna come on the air and be like, oh man, I love this afternoon guy, Cato Kalen. Yeah. Plus, you know, he's. <laughs> I, I did a show quite a few times. And and honestly, he probably obviously he's gonna be resentful. Like he's, you know, grinded away at radio for 30 years. Yeah. You get some instant publicity. You're on the same station. He's like, what the fuck? Why was I not some? Yeah. Uh, you know, witness in this trial of the century. Yeah, I know. He was very opinionated during the whole trial. He was oh, yeah. About every single day. Well, you know, he's got to fill four hours, and, yeah. uh, you know, Great. the stronger opinion, the better when it comes to talk radio. Now, I know, besides OJ, you've, you seem to have a lot of uh, Hollywood connections. You kind of seem like a guy who knows everyone. I know, um, speaking of Howard Stern, the guy on Howard Stern, Artie Lang, he had talked about how you were uh, best friends with Norm McDonald. You guys yeah. were really good friends for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Norm's great. Explain, how, how'd, you, how'd you meet Norm McDonald? How'd that go down? Well, I've been around this town for a long time. I've been friends with so many people. I've been a really great friend. Uh, Charlie, I'm not name drop, but Sheen's one of the greatest people. He loves baseball. Yeah. So I, I've known a lot of people. I used to go to premieres all the time, and people just recognized me at premieres because I became a household name. But right, I'd exactly. I been there years before. But you were so kind I of already a man about town before that. Yeah, uh, Norm was. Um, I did Mad TV. Oh, and, okay. Um, I was the trivia. I was first host on Mad TV. Thank oh. you. There you go. Fist pound. <laughs> highest, <laughs> highest ratings ever. We got, I, don't brag about me. We're high, <laughs> yes, highest ratings. Oh, Cato. Uh, so. I love how that's the ratings you're pointing out. You were in you were in the trial of the century. That was yeah, probably much highly rated. And I'm trying to think what was the norm connection. I don't. Um, so maybe SNL, Sam Simon or something or. You don't know Sam. I knew Spade. But okay, so you just, you become just, friends with Norm. Friends and I played uh, in a basketball league and Norm. I got him to play. He came by. Yeah, I so, I knew. I saw you did a guest spot on Norm sitcom. Yeah, I did too. I think. Yeah, oh, okay, I was cool. I was the waterman. Oh, nice. Uh, and I love that too. So Norm and I just hit it off as buddies. We used to golf a lot, and then we'd golf with the 
John Farley, uh, uh, Chris's brother. Chris's uh, younger, younger Farley, brother. So we always had these great foursomes of golf. Oh, yeah, Kevin I bet. Kevin Nealon. And so it was – we just hung out forever. And the next thing uh, – God, after Norm's show. Everybody think we had a fallout. We didn't. We just got real busy. Oh, I went to Dallas, yeah, I, I, Dallas in, for a in year. In Wikipedia, it says uh, – it cites something that you guys had a fallout. What Was there any specific thing that kind no. of – no, and that's the funny thing. There wasn't a fallout. I went to Dallas. I did a show called Eye for an Eye for a year. So oh, okay. So there. then you kind of just fell out of the loop? Uh, I guess so. I was doing this show, but <clears throat> we still talk. I talked to him probably a month ago. He did a Millionaire. I was his guest on that Millionaire show yeah. with Regis. So. Yeah, that's the um, small world, right? Yeah, he was shooting in Boston, uh, a Sandler film. That's oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That There's a new uh, Sandler film. Kevin James is in it. I know uh, some other really funny guys. It sounds like a pretty, yeah, pretty and, interesting and, and premise. And my other friend that's really cool is just Nick Swartzen, and Nick's a good friend. Of yeah, and then more. Nick is uh, Nick knows uh, our buddy Adam over there. So yeah, Nick is yeah. a great guy. Now I yeah, know so you're Nick, and Nick, so Nick knows Norman. He was gonna film, but he did his movie uh, Born to Be a Star. Right. So uh, so look out for that Nick Swartzen movie coming out. Now also I think I think it was in your stand up there you had talked about how you were also knew Robert Blake or you had some sort of connection with him? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a bizarre thing. I put him in the act that I'm doing and I, I just think it's so ironic that uh, how I know <laughs> Phil Spector. Phil Spector. All right, now give us how you, you know Phil Spector and Phil Robert Spector, Blake. Phil uh, Spector, during the 90s, uh, it was uh, popular, I guess. So uh, he called my publicist at the time and said, I want him to come in to meet me. And I knew uh, I'm a you know John Lennon Beatle you know, fanatic. Yeah, and I knew you're stuff. aware I said, of... yeah, I'd love to. I thought it was just going to be me and him, so he, he's doing a Celine Dion Christmas album. And in the room, it was just filled with every A-list celebrity, and I was I just walked in, and, I was, and you, could, you could feel when people just don't like you or don't even know you, but they have that. And I felt so uncomfortable, and then he said, you sit here, and he's at the mixing board. like, And I sat next to him throughout the whole thing, and I was like, oh, my God, this is like so weird. I know nothing about music, but neither does Ellen, and she's an American Idol. So... Um, now, yeah, I mean, did you get an immediate sense, like, just looking at Phil Spector, he seems insanely bizarre. Did you get that, like, a weird tension from I was being around him? That he is so he, – she did the song, this thing. I would say it had to be six straight hours of the same thing, and I'm not making this up. I'm going, you are kidding me. She's hitting it. She's, like, nailing it, and he's going, no, do it again. And her husband – So insane, real upset. tedious, but he, he's and just take, clicking away in yeah, his head what I'm he wants. Like, okay, this guy really is this – crazy professional dude who just wants perfection. Now, what I, about what about Robert Blake? How did you meet him? Well, I go to the Playboy Mansion. Blake used to be there a lot. Oh, nice. So I just obviously would just see him buddied there. up yeah. with him. Well, not buddy, but you know. Well, you yeah, you kind of you kind of like, know. Yeah. Now describe the scene at the Playboy Mansion. When did you start hitting that up? I'm guessing post trial. Uh, yeah, it was post trial. <laughs> so and I'll never forget. He's just uh, they asked. He said, "I would love to come. You come to a party." That was it. Mm-hmm. So I've been a friend of his now for about 14 years. He's been true blue. Hugh Hefner? Parties. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's, a, that's a great – that's probably your best Hollywood connection to have is Hugh Hefner. That's part of the act, too. Good ally. Good ally. Now, uh, yeah. now I see – I saw the girl that you were with at the show was was really beautiful. How long have you been with her? Four years. Nice. And yeah, what's her name? Four years. Amber. Amber Thompson. She's Amber. A, uh, model. Yeah, she's just a great girl, too. <laughs> she came from uh, – I, I met her. I did a TV show. Another thing, I was, I was hosting these shows on uh, – uh, HD Mark Cuban's thing, and it was called Bikini Destinations. Oh, okay. So I got through. That was another great job. And then uh, Amber and I just hit it off from Bikini Destinations. She was a bikini girl. <laughs> Classic story of romance. You're Classic hanging out romance. on Bikini Destination. Well, one she thing was the only one that wasn't there going to all the parties and that. So I thought. There you go. Maybe a little quiet a girl. Quiet girl. And she was like, 
going to school was like, okay, this is a pretty cool girl. Now, and everybody, those, when you go to these things, these girls, you think you, I don't know if you drink a lot. These girls drink. Yeah. They can they, put down some. They can put down, and it's this, it's a wild time. You go to, you go to like the port of Yarrow, you get to go on these 20 day trips with these girls, and it's sort of great the first. Yeah, I guess it's great all <laughs> So you're saying we need to hang out with more hot models. He's, he's recommending. He's recommending we uh, we get in with Hugh Hefner. But I, I do I good do advice. a lot of, I, I do like the parties. I bring my girlfriend. She's the best. There's no uh, competition. So now one one question. I, it's probably the the answer is probably obvious. But did you ever have any contact with OJ post trial? Yeah. Never and had. then were you were you glad to see that he was brought to justice for the later crime? Yeah, I think you one feel of the like there's some karmic. My day when I actually did see him post trial is when I shook his hand, and that's when I had smallpox. Give it up. Oh, uh, yeah. Boom, guy. Yay. <laughs> All right. You weren't wearing the glove. All right. So now you're about, you're a man about town doing some stand-up. Where can, uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go where can people check you out? I think tonight I'm going to head over to uh, Brew City in Westwood. Okay. Have you been there? The Westwood Brewing Company. Is that, yeah. That yeah. One. Have yeah. you been there? Yeah, I have. What's it, what's it like? Uh, it's a good, it's nice. it's good, uh, good college good, crowd. It's a good college, college crowd. crowd. Good college I crowd. I think I've been there. Where's the state? Where do they put it? It's in the – there's an upstairs room where they kind of – it's like a treehouse. Uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. A treehouse. All right. So is there a website you want me to direct people to? No, I, I don't do that. You know what? I've, there's a Facebook that someone runs for me. Uh, okay. That's a, you know, Cato Kalen. There's like seven Cato's, though. Uh, look for the one that's a picture of me and my girlfriend together. That's okay. The real Kato. Look for uh, you and Amber together. Amber All right. Together. Make sure you check that out. With Adam, uh, where can people check you out? Uh, yeah, Facebook, Adam Jacobs. Facebook, uh, theadamjacobs.com. <laughs> Logan? Hey, Adam. I have a question for oh, Logan. Where Logan, you where can you get yet? Theyellowmike.com. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Your girlfriend. When I, when I met her at the yeah. when I did the uh, Sims Yeah. Why do I know you guys? From All right. Know? Well, uh, that'll I do it for the. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I gotta wrap it up, Logan, Kato. Babe. Sorry. Um. All right. That'll do it for the show. Thank you everyone well, uh, for listening to the green room. Oh, sorry, Logan. We we don't got time. Uh. Thank you everyone for listening. To, all right, Logan. Do your haiku real quick. We'll okay. end on Logan's haiku. Haiku. <laughs> <laughs> The Cato Kalen, a virgin at 25. <laughs> I got beach fever. All right, that'll do it for the green room. Every Thursday, Flogan. Every Thursday, eight o'clock, LA Talk Radio. Check out shantigreen.com. All right, that's it.